Man, it's been, yeah, it's been an awesome week. And primarily for me, I've just been, I love it. I love talking about Jesus, period. Um, I, I, was, I was 18 years old when Jesus saved me. Um, man, and I was just, I knew about him growing up. But uh, when he rescued me, just, man, changed my life. And I just haven't got over it. I haven't got over the fact that Jesus is God who would love me enough to rescue me out of my sin, my guilt, and make me his child. And it's just good. The gospel is good. <laughs> Jesus is so good. And we've been focusing on the resurrection, this awesome reality that, yeah, Jesus died, but that was his call, right? Jesus dies, but that was his call. He did that. He said, listen, no one takes my life from me. I have the power and the authority to lay down my life, and I have the power and the authority to take it back up. And Jesus dies intentionally so that he can absorb the wrath of God for us. So that in satisfying God's wrath towards us, those, so, that, so that anyone, anyone on this planet ever in any age would call out in repentance and faith and trust in Jesus would not experience wrath and hell. Right? That, that we don't have to experience this second death, as the Bible calls it. But we can be rescued because not only did he satisfy God's wrath on the cross, but he goes into death. Jesus goes into death so he can destroy death. And he shows, he proves his victory by rising again. And he rises again with a real body <clears throat> to a new life, showing us that, yeah, what he did... Everything he said, everything he did <clears throat> was true. Give me a second. I get emotional sometimes. And sometimes I get phlegmy. <clears throat> that ever happened to you? When you're talking to a whole bunch of people? Gone. Snack check. All right. How many of y'all knew that those weren't the real guys' voices? Just kidding. All right. Hopefully you knew that. <laughs> Man. Those guys talk really high-pitched. What were you talking about? The resurrection, right? Thank you. So that in his resurrection, when Jesus defeats sin and death, absorbs the wrath of God, and he rises again, man, that is our hope. That is our victory. His victory becomes our victory. right? His conquering of death becomes our conquering of death. Because, because Jesus identified with us. Because God left heaven and identified with us in our sin and our shame and our guilt to the point of dying on the cross. That's how far he went to identify with us. He took your hell. He took your death so he could identify with you so that you could identify with him. So that his death becomes your death so that his resurrection becomes your resurrection. His victory becomes your victory. So death no longer has a claim on us. Hell no longer has a claim on us. And we're free from that, which is awesome. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning is, man, because Christ rose again, man, we're going to have a resurrection. There will be a final resurrection. Really, it's a, it's a final resurrection of everyone who's ever lived. Everyone will be raised up and stand before Christ and be judged. Everyone, everyone who's ever lived will be resurrected. It's crazy to think about, because for the believer, this is hope. But for the unbeliever, man, this is, this is terrifying. This should terrify us, that we would stand before Christ, because the picture is Christ returning as a judge. Let's read about it. Revelation chapter 20. 
Revelation 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. And from his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So the picture here is that, yeah, Christ is returning on this judgment seat. And it says, heaven and earth flee away from him. Peter says, Peter talks about this. He says, man, the day's coming when this world is going to burn up. When God is going to destroy this world. Because all of it, all of it, when Adam and Eve sinned, when our first parents sinned, all of the world came under the curse of our sin. That's why and the Bible talks about it. It says, if this world itself is laboring like a woman in labor pains, waiting for the new heaven, the new earth, waiting for Christ to return and set things right, finally, forever. So he says, man, the, the, time, the day is coming when Christ will return and this world itself will be burned up. The earth, planets, stars, sun, the moon, all of it will be destroyed. And it says the great and small will stand before him. That everyone will be raised. Listen to, listen to this passage from uh, John chapter 5. Jesus speaking, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will live. And here he's talking about the gospel. He, this picture, remember that video? Uh, what did we watch it? Um, yesterday morning, the picture of dead people coming to life. And that's what Jesus is talking about. When, men, when people hear the gospel, when God saves them, they go from death to life. So he's saying people are going to hear my voice. They're going to hear as, as if when the gospel is proclaimed, they hear the voice of Jesus calling them out of death and into life. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. He has the authority to execute judgment because he's the Son of Man. Listen to this. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Jesus saying, don't, don't freak out about this, but the hour is coming when everyone will hear my voice and everyone will be raised. Everyone will be resurrected. Unbelievers to judgment, believers to eternal life. But we're all raised. Right now, like when a person dies in sin, when a person dies in their sin, not in Christ, not a believer, people who don't, repent and trust in Jesus. When they die in their sin, they go to hell. They enter into eternal conscious punishment. And as a believer, the Bible is clear. In Christ, to be absent from the body is what? To be present with the Lord. Right? Do you remember Jesus talking to the, the thief on the cross? 
as Jesus is absorbing the wrath of God, he offers salvation to this man who, I mean, simply asks him to remember him. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. So as a believer, when we die in Christ, that's where we go. Our souls go to paradise. The picture, though, our bodies rot. Our bodies decay, right? Believer, unbeliever alike, our bodies go into the earth in a tomb or cremated or whatever happens. And the picture here is everyone is going to be resurrected. Our souls and our bodies will be reunited. And everyone will be given a new body. The scary thing is that some people are raised and given a body fit for wrath. A body made for destruction. A body made for an eternity of suffering the wrath of Almighty God. That's terrifying. He says, on that day, we will stand before Jesus. That is Jesus that judges. Listen to, listen to Acts 17, 30 through 31. The time of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Jesus will judge on this day. Everyone who's ever lived will stand before Jesus. And here it says we'll be judged based on our deeds. These books are opened. And we'll be judged based on what is written in, the, in these books. Our deeds. Romans 2 teaches us the same thing. We will be judged based on our attitudes, our actions, our thoughts, our words. Jesus said you'll be judged for every careless word given. Have you all ever been to court? you all ever had to go to court? Hopefully not. It's not fun. I've been once. As uh, I told this story years ago, I don't, I don't remember how long, but it's been a while. But I had to go to court one time. Basically, I was coming back home, me and my wife. Uh, it was before we had kids, so that was eight years ago now. And we were coming back to Andrews from Atlanta. So some of y'all, you come this way uh, to camp. And I was just about, I just crossed over into North Carolina. We're not far from home. And I, I was tired. I was sleepy. So my wife started playing this uh, word game, like association game, as we're driving us to keep me awake, which is also to hum- humiliate me because one of the people in the car um, was dyslexic and still is. And word games, not our strong suit. No lie, I heard a commercial one time for dyslexia. It was on the radio, and it was talking about how we can get help, me me and my people, we how we could get help. And... Uh, and, and I knew it, like all of a sudden I realized, oh, they're about to give a 1-800 number. And the irony made me laugh out loud because I thought, oh, there's no way. There's no way any of us who need this will remember the number. <laughs> and so they start giving a 1-800 number. They're like, 1-800, A, B, C, D, 1, 2, 3, 4. And I was like, they did it. <laughs> they spoke our language. That may not actually be the number, though. Was that enough? I don't know. Anyway, so she's dominating me in the word game, but I'm into it. I'm competing, and all of a sudden, I see the blue lights behind me, right? I'm like, oh, man, I realized I, I hadn't paid attention. I'd gone through a pretty significant speed uh, change or limit change, and uh, man, I pull over, 
And sure enough, he gives me a ticket. I tried the crying thing. It doesn't work for dudes. Um, I actually knew the guy, and I was like, oh, this is great. And uh, he knew that I was like a preacher here at the camp. So I was like, how are you, brother? How art thou? (laughs) And uh, can I pray for you? Thank you for serving. And he was like, yeah, that's great. Here's your ticket. And uh, so anyway, I have to go to court. So I go into court. I've never been there, man. And I show up. It's a town a few miles away. And I I go into this huge courtroom, probably about this size. And uh, I walk in, and I get there early because I just want to get it over with. And so, I, but people are just kind of sitting, sitting down. There's no like official people there yet. So I sit down in the seat, and the room's just filling up, filling up. And then all of a sudden, this one guy walks in who doesn't look any different than anybody else. But everyone else in the room knew that that meant like get in line. So everyone starts lining up along the wall, and I was there before a lot of them. But I so I got in the line as quick as I could. But I was still I was probably like. 30 or 40 people deep. I was like, man. So I'm standing there, and it's fascinating because the room is just filling up, and everyone's just lining the wall of this room. And uh, people are just coming in, and, and it was crazy because people are coming in, and, like, everyone knows each other. <laughs> they're like, Ted, Mark, again, really? You know. And uh, they're, like, saying hey to the bailiffs, and I'm like, what is going on? And I thought, it would be funny if somebody I came in or somebody came in that I knew. See, dyslexic. Did I prove my joke? It's true. Anyway, so I'm sitting there, and my I have a younger brother, and he lived in Andrews for like six months out of our lives. And sure enough, man, he was working for DirecTV at the time, and he walks in, and he's wearing that bright blue DirecTV shirt. And I'm like, oh, what in the world? And my brother walks in, and it's funny because I know he's never been to court either. And I can tell he's got no clue because the line's already wrapping the room. And the door that he walked in, like, they're already lined up past that door. And I can tell he walks in, he's like, he's got no idea. And his face turns bright red. He's kind of a quiet dude. And uh, he's just looking around the room. And I thought, oh, I'm going to call him real quick. And then I thought, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to see how this plays out. And uh, so I'm watching him. And uh, he starts, instead of going towards the back of the line, he just, it's like something in his mind was like, move. And so he just starts walking, but he's walking like up the line. So everyone he's cutting, he's just like cutting people in line. And they're looking at him. I can see people start talking. There was one guy that had walked in. And I don't know everything that this means, but he was, he was rough. He didn't have sleeves on his shirt. And he had these little black tear dot drop uh tattoos on his face and i don't know what that means but it's not like hey come talk to me let's be friends right and he passed that guy and and i was like and that guy did this thing and i was like oh just kidding but i mean i was like my brother's gonna get i'm gonna watch him get beat up in court and he finally he just like then it dawns on him what he's doing and he realizes and he just like but he just slides in he was like uh-uh, i'm not i mean he was he skipped like hours of court time i was like brilliant well played, sir. Right? So I, I finally call, and I'm like, man, what are you doing here? And so we had a good laugh. Well, anyway, I'm standing there in line, and one of my friends had told me. They said, hey, listen, when you go in, this is your first ticket. Uh, when you go up there, you, basically, you can ask for mercy. You can just ask for mercy. And uh, they'll most likely, they'll, they'll just write it off. So I'm like, okay. That's, and I said, I just say that. I just say, can I have mercy? This is my first ticket. And he says, yeah, say that exa- exactly. I was like, all right. But I'm standing there, and I'm watching. The judge wasn't there, but there was this DA, and she was probably 5'3", and weighed, you know, 70 pounds. 
but she was sending away grown men in tears. Like, they're, they're just weeping, like, I'll never do it again. And, uh, and she was this, like, business suit. I mean, she looked like she was right off of, like, law and order. And I was like, I ain't asking her for nothing. I'm going up there. I'm taking the whatever fine, and I'm getting out of here. And so I finally, it's finally my turn. I get up to her. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to ask for mercy. I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm not going to make eye contact with this woman. She super intimidating. And so she says, uh, Stephen Conti. And I said, uh, cause I told her, she said, last name, I said, Conti. And she said, Stephen Conti. And I said, um, no, I'm, I'm actually Robert Conti. And she said, really? I said, yeah, that's, that's, that's my brother, Stephen. And she went, really? I said, yeah, I know. Right. Like my mom's real proud today. <laughs> okay. Okay chuckle that was everyone not everyone but some of you that was i think that was an appropriate amount of laughter for the level of humor that that joke had in it okay not this lady she loses it i mean like head down banging on the table like leaning back wheezing laughing and uh at first i was kind of shocked but then i was like better play along and i was like oh mom oh and uh I turned around and my brother was like, hmm? And I went, hmm? And the, the teardrop guy was like, <laughs> I was like, sorry, dude, get your own humor, you know? And, uh, and I turned around and she was like, oh, well, I see this is your first offense and don't worry, you know, we'll take care of it. And I was like, I can go. She's like, you can go. And I'm leaving. I'm like, call my brother. I'm like, tell her mom's proud, dude. I don't know, but she loves that one. <laughs> and uh, and I, she just let me go. I was free to go. I didn't pay a fine. Like, she just, she just, took care of it. It was gone. And I was like, that is great. And I sped the whole way home just laughing. No, just kidding. <laughs> kidding. Joking. Um, I waited at least a week. I was freaked out. And, um, but you know what? Like I thought about it later, like that lady did not care. I'm sure she sees stuff like throughout her day that it's hard to disconnect from. I'm sure she sees cases that man rock her world, but you know what? She did not care that I was going like 15 over you know, months before that day. She didn't care. She didn't care. Did I break the law? Yeah. Did I deserve a fine? Absolutely. But did it affect her personally? No, she didn't care. And I think sometimes when we hear passages like this, when, when the Bible says, hey, there is an hour coming when everyone will be raised Everyone will stand before the judgment seat of God and everyone will give an account for their words and their actions and their deeds. I think for, for a lot of us, we think, ah, it's like a speeding ticket. Seriously, is God going to send me to hell for lying? Is he gonna, am I really going to spend eternity in the lake of fire because I disobeyed my parents? I think sometimes we think of it like that courtroom. I mean, yeah, technically, was it bad? Should I not speed? Sure. But I mean, everyone does it. I think that's our attitude. And we forget there is one God. There is one God who created us in his image and his likeness to worship him and to love him. And we don't understand how holy he is. God is absolutely holy and he is just, he is good. It is right when he punishes sin and we minimize not just our sin, And we dismiss not just our sin. What we're really doing is we're minimizing and dismissing the goodness and the justice and the holiness of Yahweh, of God. You know what? The Bible says this about God. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. There's no changing within his character. 
He's the same as he's always been. And he is holy and he is he will judge sin. He will pour out wrath on sinners. Matthew 25, Jesus says on that day, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Jesus is going to send people to hell. That's horrible to think about. It's horrible to think about. Real people spending forever only knowing the wrath of God. But listen to me. Because for some of y'all, some of y'all, if you died, am I trying to scare you? Yeah, listen to me. The Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. I'm not trying to trick you, but you need to hear the truth. The truth is that that if you stand before God as judge on your own, you will stand before him in your sin. and You'll be judged forever. But you don't have to. Right. That's what we've been celebrating all week is that we don't have to because Jesus already did. That is the goodness of the gospel is that the same God the same God that we sinned against, that we sin against today, that same holy God, He is holy and He is good and He is just and He is worthy of worship when He pours out His wrath on human beings. But that same God, out of His love, a love that, man, we can't even comprehend how deep and how wide the love of God is. But that same God out of his love for us, that he would become one of us, that he'd humble himself to becoming a human being, to identifying with us in our sin and our guilt and our shame, so that on the cross, God the Father could see Jesus, his son, through the lens of our guilt and pour out hell on Jesus on the cross. Jesus took it so that if we would repent and trust and believe in Jesus, listen to me. Listen to me, if we repent and trust in Jesus, there is no more hell for you. Jesus already took it. There's therefore now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus took your hell. There's no, there's no more hell left over for you in Christ. If we would repent and believe and trust in Jesus. And as long as your heart is beating and there's oxygen in your lungs and you can cry out on the name of Jesus, you can be saved. So that what this passage is saying is that for believers, books are opened and everyone is judged based on deeds. But if I am in Christ, if I have trusted in Christ, if I've repented of my sins and trusted in Christ, when I hear the gospel, then when the deeds are read over me, it won't be my thoughts. It won't be my actions. It won't be my attitudes. It'll be the thoughts and the attitudes and the actions and the deeds of Jesus. And I'll be saved. And I'll be accepted. And I'll enter into eternal life. And the gospel is so good. Jesus is so good. And some of y'all today, some of, some of, for some of you, this happened this week. Jesus called you out of death and into life already. And some of y'all, this week, today, you need to cry out for Jesus to rescue you. Watch him take you from being a prisoner of sin, condemned to hell. Watch him free you and make you a son or a daughter destined for eternity in heaven. It's going to be good. Listen to how good it's going to be. 
This is chapter 21. So we'll all be raised. Some people will be given a body fit for eternity in hell. Those in Christ will be given a body like Christ, fit for an eternity of worshiping Jesus. Listen to what happens. Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Remember, God's destroying it. All of creation being destroyed and then recreated. New heaven and a new earth. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage. I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. It says to those that overcome, John tells us in one of his epistles that the one who overcomes is the one who has faith in the Son of God. The one who has faith in Jesus. And God's going to recreate the heavens and the earth the way, not even necessarily the way that it was intended, better than creation at the beginning. Somehow better. Because now, man, we've got, we've got no more potential to sin against God. We're given a body like Christ. Real human body. For, for, I don't, do y'all ever try to picture heaven? Do you ever try to picture it? Picture it right now. Picture heaven. Here's what I get. If I don't, if I don't think about what the Bible says, here's what I come up with. And if you didn't already think I'm weird, you're about to. Here's what I picture. I picture this just like bleached white place. It's just white kind of like foggy, like there's maybe some clouds rolling through and there's light coming from like weird corners and everybody's dressed in white and we're floating around and no one has like a gender. And we're singing in high-pitched voices. <laughs> Can't wait to go there. <laughs> like, no, man, I'd rather... I'd rather Go to the beach, eat a steak, watch football, get punched in the face. Like, that place doesn't, that place doesn't attract me. Like, right? Like, I don't look at that. I don't have that image in my, and maybe it's more based on like a Tom and Jerry cartoon I saw as a kid. But I get these weird thoughts about heaven. And, and like, the Bible says, listen, the Bible says, man, the hope of, of what we have in heaven, of what's being laid up for us. Man, that hope should change the way we live. 
that we should live our lives here with like this reckless abandon, that we should be pure, that we should strive for holiness and righteousness and tell everybody about Jesus, whether it's in Uganda or South Sudan, where they may kill you, run you through with a spear for showing up, period, let alone telling them that they're sinners who need to repent and trust in Jesus. They may kill you, but yet we should go. We should go. Why? Because what we have, this life is but a vapor. It's here for a second and gone. It's appointed for everyone to die and then to face judgment. And for those of us in Christ, we know we will spend eternity with him in the new heavens and the new earth. So what can you do to me here? What can you do to me here? That's how we should live. No, I'm not going to get tangled up in the cares of this life. I'm not going to allow success and what it means to be a successful American to hold me back from living my life for the gospel. Because I'm not living my life for this world here and now. I am not going to lay up treasures where rust destroys and moth destroys and thieves break in and, and steal. But I should lay up my treasure in heaven because that's where Jesus is. And if that's where Jesus is, that's where I'll be. Because Jesus said, if I go... If I go, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll return and receive you unto myself that where I am, you may be also. How That is not... So the picture of the white floaty place, it doesn't hold up. Yeah, that doesn't change the way I live because I don't want to go there. But what the Bible is saying is, listen, God is going to recreate the world. And we're going to have real bodies. And we'll know one another. We'll know one another. And he says, listen, sickness and death will be no more. Sin and all its effects will be done away with. It'll be life together, perfect forever. No more dyslexic. I won't be dyslexic, y'all. I'm going to spell things all day long. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. (laughs) I'm not going to know what to do with that. I'm going to read books. And understand them. But for real, no more sickness. No more disease. No more disabilities. Listen to me. No more pride and envy in our heart. Y'all sick of this? You sick of that? Think about your relationships. When I look back on how, as a teenager, I treated my mom. Like, son, will you take out the trash? And I would lose it. I would lose my mind because my mom asked me to take out the trash. I don't know why. I love my mom. Taking out the trash is not hard. And I would mouth off to her. If I had a time machine, I'd go back and I would punch myself right in the face. I would do it now, but that would hurt. I could just go kick that guy's butt. What? what where does that come from? Where, and you're, think about your friendships, right? People you love and you care about. How often do you find yourself just jealous of them and if you're not tearing them down with your mouth to somebody else behind their back, you're running them down in your own mind to make you feel better about yourself for a minute. Why do we, why do, we do this? Pride and greed and envy in our heart. Listen, the day's coming when that'll be gone. That'll be gone. We'll just, and we'll, we're going to know each other. And we're just going to be, like, nice. <laughs> we'll be nice to each other. We'll love one another. Our friendships will be perfect. They'll be based on Jesus. It's going to be awesome. No more death. Things don't die in the new heaven and the new earth. It's going to be awesome. The passage goes on and it talks about how there's all like the streets are gold and the gates are pearl. And some people, it's crazy, like 
this place is amazing that it's, it's describing. Like there's river, there's trees, there's food. We're going to eat. We're going to work. Like work is not bad. Work got bad because of the curse. We're going to work in heaven. We're going to eat. We're going to play. We're going to sing. We're going to spend time together. We're going to joke. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be more like now than the white floaty place, but free of everything bad. It's going to be awesome. For real. Perfect relationships. No more wars. No more racism. No more politicians. Be beautiful. Forgive me if you're a politician. We just won't need you to do that anymore. You can be like a, I don't know, tree pruner. It's going to be awesome. People And people argue about it. They're like, well, are the streets literally gold? I... Who cares? If they're not gold, it just like means they're better than gold. That's not what's awesome about heaven. Here's what's awesome about heaven. Here's why the streets being gold matters. Here's why us being there together matters. Here's what makes heaven heaven. Listen to this. Chapter 22. Here's what makes heaven heaven. Then the angel showed me the river of water of life, brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kind of fruits, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or of sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. We, listen, did you hear what I read? We will see God. We will see Jesus. What makes the streets beautiful is that Jesus is radiating His glory on it. What makes it worthwhile to be there and to be there together is that Jesus is radiating His glory on us. And we get to take part of it. We get to worship our God. What makes heaven heaven is Jesus. Is Jesus is there. And He wants us there with Him. And there's no guilt and there's no shame. And there's no pride and there's no envy. We will love one another and we will love our God. And we will worship Him forever. Because He's worthy of it. I was witnessing to a Mormon friend. In a long conversation and I won't get into the details of it. But at the end of it he was like saying, he said, what are you looking forward to? He said, because I'd ask him about heaven. I said, we were talking about judgment and, and the differences, and I was, we we're trying to win each other over, and, and I mean, I was, I was preaching Jesus. And he said, and basically what he believes is that if he does good enough here and now, he can become a god. That he can work his way up, just like Yahweh, or they would say Jehovah worked his way up to being a god. Jesus worked his way up to being a god. One day, my buddy Greg can work his way up to being a god and have a planet, and he can run that planet, and it'll be really busy all of eternity. He's like, what are, you, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to worship Jesus because he is the one God. There is one God, and it is Jesus. And I'm going to worship him. And he said, Matt, like, that just sounds boring. I said, man, that's because you don't know Jesus. I said, that's because you don't know the real Jesus. Man, I was broken for him. But listen to me, y'all. We know Jesus. And so heaven should attract us. The idea of spending forever with Him should change how we live now. It should purify us. 
It should make us want to live righteous lives. It should absolutely motivate us to take this message of the gospel to as many people as possible. Because it's the only hope. We're going to get to be with Jesus. And maybe the problem for us, Christian, believer, you say you're a follower of Jesus. Maybe the problem, the reason why we don't look forward to heaven in such a way that it changes us now. Maybe the issue is we don't know Jesus like we should. Because I believe that when we spend time with Jesus, we're going to want to spend more time with him. I believe the more that we get to know him through his word, the more we're going to want and long to see his face. Now, I, don't, I asked my daughter, I was talking to her about this. She's seven years old. I was actually I was talking to both of them, seven and four. And I was asking them, like, what do you think about heaven? I was just trying to pick their brain. I said, what do you want to do when you get there? And one of my daughters, I really don't remember which one. One of my daughters said, I just, I just want to run up and hug Jesus. And I thought, me too. <laughs> I'm going to beat you there. I don't know. In heaven, who wins races? I don't know. That, that part still gets me. Like, if we play football in heaven, can anybody win? I don't know. I think so. I think some people will still be more athletic. That doesn't matter, though, because you know why? Jesus is there. And yeah, I don't care. I don't care if I have to stand in line for 5,000 years. I'm going to wait my turn to hug Jesus. I want to see the nail-scarred hands. I want to face-to-face, face-to-face, to look into the eyes of Jesus. <sighs> Say, thank you. <laughs> Man. Anybody ever do you a favor and just can't wait to thank them? We're going to get to see Jesus and say thank you. That hope should change the way we live. Man, and for some of y'all, listen to me. Please, please repent. Please don't stand before that throne in your own works. Don't stand there and be judged. Man, repent and trust in Jesus. Believe on Jesus. Call out on the name of Jesus. He'll save you. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And please come talk to our staff, to the leaders that brought you here. We, there is nothing more that we desire to do than to talk to you about the gospel and how you can be saved. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I love you. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to, to think about you and your word. God, I pray that you would draw men and women, boys and girls to yourself for salvation. God, in your kindness, lead them to repentance. Allow them to confess their sin, to trust in you, Jesus, in your perfect life and death and resurrection. And God, as your church, I pray that we would set our mind on the things above where you are, not the things of this earth. That we would put our hope and our trust not in money, cars and homes and possessions, but we put our hope and our trust in you and an eternity spent knowing and loving and worshiping you. I pray that it would change the way we would live, that we would live lives passionately to get the gospel to as many people as possible. Love you, Lord. Amen.